0: Warning, the following podcast is about the mummy, which means it's gonna get very horny. If you are offended by simping, kinning, or any other Tumblr bullshit, turn back now. But for those of you who remain, remember, death is only fun fiction! (laughs) It's very good. So welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like. And I would have enjoyed this episode a lot more if I'd gotten my cup of coffee,
1: Scotty Moore. And I bet you're wondering what a place like me is doing in a girl like this.
0: I'm Megan Danger. That, my (laughs) intro was for me and like two other people who like theme parks and that's it.
1: (laughs) I hate, um, I, that was like my... Age 13 to 15, when my family had money and we
0: did the Universal Parks.
1: It's the mummy ride. That's what Scotty was doing. The the end of the mummy (laughs)
0: ride sees you return and Brendan Fraser happily welcome you back before screaming for a cup of coffee and then Imhotep murders him in cold blood as you (laughs) deport. Uh,.
1: Well, no, doesn't doesn't like a mummy hand hand him the coffee and then he just goes, oh, yeah, yeah, ah! that's
0: what it is um, that I used to work right outside that ride. I worked at the arcades, uh, meaning anytime I was bored, I would just pimp over there and be like, how quickly can you just throw me on the mummy? They'd be like five minutes. OK, let's go. Oh, that rules. Um, the first time,
1: I guess we're, we're talking about the mummy, the movies, but we're going to talk about the mummy, the ride for a hot yeah. second. So yeah, the first time that I, we went there, I think, yeah, I was 13, which means my brother would have been like nine. Yeah, And Um, you know, it's there's they're very good with the theme. Universal's not great with the theming on a lot of stuff. Especially not
0: anymore. I'm sorry, I was just imagining a small nine year old, but with your brother's current head, and it's the funniest (laughs) mental image I've ever seen. He was an
1: adorable child. Uh, but anyway, inside the thing for the mummy, it is dark. It is kind of scary. They are playing the like
0: spooky music
1: it's legitimately
0: the um like the place they go in the movie the museum of antiquities and when i saw it in the movie i have this weird thing because i worked at universal that now when i watched like harry potter i didn't say i didn't like go, oh, this is a beautiful place. I just went, oh, that's the place at Universal I used to go to. And that's the exact same thing (laughs) I had uh, because the theming of that ride is amazing. You're walking through, there's like a... uh, there's, like, a, a hidden gemstone in the wall at one point, and it's, like, reach for the gem. If you do, a gust of hay- air shoots by your hand. It <laughs> scares yep. the shit out of you. It uh,
1: scares the... Sh- exactly. scares the shit out of you. Uh, but, yeah, so my brother hadn't seen the movie or anything because he was nine, and... He was just very like creeped out. And even though like the ride itself is not a scary ride, he made him very nervous to get on the ride. It's, it's a, for, for those who don't know, it's a wooden roller coaster. So it doesn't do anything too crazy. Um, but it's fun. It's a fun ride. But anyway, so he was like kind of flipping out. And so I wanted to ride the fucking ride. So I was doing like everything I could to try to be like, it's fine. Like, it's going to be fine. It's totally fine. There's nothing to worry about. One of the fucking attendants who, by the way, are dressed up like guards or whatever, leaned in and went. No,
0: it won't <laughs> <laughs> yes I love my Universal people
1: uh, and I, I was I was so pissed because I'm like like this is I need I need him to be on board with
0: this <laughs> th- it was the first roller coaster I enjoyed I because wa- like I think when we first went to Disney I rode Big Thunder Mountain and I was like okay whatever uh, but one of my friends who like knew everything about Universal just said you like dark rides and you like theming ride the mummy i don't care so i just like drank three mike's hard lemonades as is a universal tradition and then just (laughs) climbed on that ride and went this was amazing there's a giant mummy that blows smoke in your face you go through imatep's mouth it's great it's such a good ride and so that just is another thing that makes
1: so so that i can finally circle back around to relevance that was just another reason I was so surprised that you had never seen this movie. Yeah,
0: it's very, very good. I will argue that the roller coaster, the five minute roller coaster may be better than <laughs> all of The Mummy Returns, which I also watch. Oh,
1: well, as I said to you... And I may have said on the Jungle Cruise episode, but I'm going to say it again. That's why when I was watching a Jungle Cruise, I said to you, if I wanted to watch a shittier version of The Mummy, I'd just
0: watch The Mummy Returns. It has. I said this multiple times. It's the most sequel movie I've ever seen in my entire life. This is Notes from the Studio, the film.
1: Well, I mean, it's also like fan fiction of the first movie. Yeah, like they're married and they have lots of money and now they have a kid and they're also all special and they have powers. You know, in, in the first one, like they were they were just
0: dudes, which is great. I love it a just great. dudes movie.
1: It, absolutely. I love it when they're doing when like there's like crazy magical bullshit happening, but
0: everyone involved are just dudes. Yeah, exactly. It's a good dichotomy. Yeah. Evie does not need to be a reincarnated Egyptian woman. (laughs) And when they go into the flashbacks, it's still played by this white woman, which was very problematic. It's extremely
1: problematic. It's like, oh, yeah, she's Nefertiti reincarnated. Um, OK, I guess that's kind of. Oh, no, nope. OK, we're going into the flashback. She is literally it's Rachel Weiss
0: <laughs> yeah. in,
1: in e- Egypt face. <laughs>
0: Egyptian face in a sci-fi with a Venezuelan woman. <laughs> yes, it's like that Katy Perry music video. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I think I know which one you're talking about. Was it Roar? where she no. was no it's not roar um katie perry <laughs> egyptian okay it literally yeah, it will immediately come up oh yeah dark horse this one the grind anthem for a year there was dark horse <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah and of course you know what makes it worse is like yes it's super problematic it's also
0: really hard it is. Uh, here's the thing, and this is something I thought about during the first movie because it's in, like, 99. For 99, and almost even to date, the representation is really well done for the first one. Then the second <laughs> one <laughs> happens, and it gets really
1: bad. I mean, like I said, the the woman who's playing an ox in a moon who's supposed to be Egyptian is a Venezuelan, a Venezuelan actress. Her name's uh, Patricia... Vasquez, I think. yeah, And uh, Imhotep is played by Arnold Vosloo, who I ended up looking at because I couldn't remember that he's, like, Dutch South African.
0: Imhotep um, looks like he runs a uh, a kiosk <laughs> at the mall selling Bluetooth supplies.
1: Imhotep looks like Billy Zane's scary older brother. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was the thing, is in the first one, Imhotep is badass because you never see him fully emo tap, and all of the effects are amazing but in the second one they didn't want to waste money on effects so they just had this he's got he's built a little bit like Cenar card gauge from <laughs> Homestar runner <laughs> <laughs> that is like, not where my mind would have gone to first <laughs> and he, he's like there was some comedian who described it as have you ever seen someone whose body is just shapes just a bunch of different <laughs> shapes, and you can't really put them together properly.
1: He's just hes just kind of a long spaghetti man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was awesome in the first one. But if we're talking the second one, and we're talking about amazing people we got to meet, we got to talk about my boy, the Scorpion fucking kid. <laughs>
1: Truly truly some of the worst fucking cgi in a big budget like yeah a major motion picture because like you know obviously it was from what Two? This is like, yeah it came out only just a few years after the first mummy um and you know some stuff in the original mummy looks kind of dated because again it's 1999 but they still like it holds up pretty well i feel i think it
0: held up fantastically comparatively
1: the, the cgi well because i think uh, there were a lot of practical effects in the original one yeah they are a lot more reliant on cgi in the second one and it looks like shit um, <laughs> you mean the, the one scene. you pointed out when they're in the when they're in the uh when they're the in s- izzy's magical flying boat is he is Izzy, fucking rules though izzy's he's just great. A, he, he's a roguish chap with an eye patch that he doesn't need <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's so uh, good
1: but the green screen on that fucking flying boat it is so
0: bad. It looked like she was taking <laughs> elementary school class pictures. And they had put a backdrop <laughs> behind her.
1: Shit, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, the Scorpion King in particular, your friend and mine, Mr. Rock the Dwayne Johnson, in what I believe is his first on-screen role possibly
0: oh dang it i wish i had a better knowledge of the rock's early film career (laughs) uh he shows up and what you were telling me was like be prepared to be disappointed because of course i was scotty (laughs) memeing all over the concept of getting to see dwayne the rock johnson as a giant scorpion and in my head i was like oh they're saying i'm gonna be disappointed because it's gonna be one of those things where he shows up uh, like as the uh as like Emotep is defeated or something like that. And then he goes away. So like it's it, it, I think it happened in like Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze as well, where you get to see Super Shredder for like two seconds and then he's dead. <laughs> so that's what I thought. No, there's like a full drawn out, horrible fight scene with this terrible oh, crab bad. man. <laughs> he
1: is a ter- he's a he's the worst crab man. And they didn't even like. It wasn't even like they CGI'd a scorpion body, like just uh, like grafted it onto him. They decided, no, his whole face is CGI, too, because fuck you.
0: I uh, I told you this. It was me and my wife were watching it. And as he came on screen, Emily just looked at me and said, hey, wait, why did. But why did the?" And then silence for the rest of the film. Not another (laughs) word was spoken. It shocked them into silence.
1: (laughs) But that also has one of the best scenes. (laughs) Second one, which is that uh, spoilers, I guess. uh, Brenda Frazier stabs him real good. Uh, before Imhotep has the chance to stab him, they both want to murder a Scorpion King because then they get his army. Um, but Brighter Fraser stabs him first, and Imhotep does this fucking great, like, like a baseball, and- s- like slide into the frame, <laughs> and-, and just like reaches out his arms and is just like.
0: No. <laughs> Just the, the most arms. William Shatner shit I have ever seen. <laughs> the framing of
1: it. It's like that um what is it, like the golden spiral thing that they stick over pictures where it's like the symmetry is perfect. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> because like he's not he's emotionless baseball slides and then suddenly is very upset he he waits he waits
1: until he's
0: in position
1: and then he's very upset oh god i forgot
0: about southland tales i need to watch southland
1: tales i don't think you do based on what i've heard so what i really want to talk about
0: is the mummy uh,
1: yes a big (laughs) uh, the big part of why I made you watch this is because you made me watch Jungle Cruise. And so now we can talk about all the ways that the that well, I was going to say the mummy is a better version of Jungle Cruise, but really that the Jungle Cruise is just a horrible, horrible version of the mummy.
0: The cast is almost exactly the same, uh, but better with Brendan Fraser taking the Dwayne Johnson role and killing it. I believe I told you within five minutes of seeing him on screen, I was like, I have been left with no choice but to kin for the rest of my life. Um, he's so, he's just, he's, he's, he's,
1: he's, he's a, he's, he's roguish. He's a yeah. scamp, but he's, he's got a heart of gold. And and does, he does the a, right
0: thing. He's not a stupid hembo, which is what I love about it. He's just, yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, he's th- very, well, That that's what I think is so great about
1: the dynamic. Cause it's, it's him. He's, he's Rick O'Connell. And then we have Rachel Weiss as Evie. Woo! Um, oh god oh she's gorgeous she's so fucking gorgeous um but also like you know she's a nerd and her thing is you know she's the librarian and she has all this stuff but she doesn't really quite know how to be a person um and she's not constantly just being like i am
0: a woman look at my pants um i i was paying attention to if she was wearing pants a lot during this movie (laughs) well there's the there's the whole thing about how like
1: the the bambridge scholars won't take her seriously but that's it yeah. We don't need it. That doesn't define. She has a full character. And then she has her brother, Jonathan, who's just a useless, foppish twat. And, and <laughs> except, the, you, except you love him. And <laughs> then
0: in the sequel, they were trying to be like, and now Jonathan's a lady killer. And I'm like, I believe that his interests lie elsewhere <laughs> you will find to elsewhere <laughs> uh that the one big thing that the sequel i think was a little bit better at and this is the only thing i think evie was hotter in the sequel
1: most of the- it. Evie, evie was 100 hotter in the sequel because they made her they basically made they made rachel weiss have to look a lot like mousier and nerdier in the first one like she still has potent sexual energy yeah but for the second one they're just like we're not going to hold you back anymore. No well, more glasses. No more. We're not going to make <laughs> you do that weird shit with your eyebrows.
0: Um, just, See, just be you. It's <laughs> almost like the first one, uh, her, Brendan Fraser, uh, Jonathan, they were all fully fledged out, really uh, interesting, dynamic characters. And then in the second one, they were not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, because to, to, I got distracted talking about how hot they were. But uh, that's why I think the three of them have a really great dynamic is that they're all smart about something and they're all really fucking stupid about other things. So they get to just pass the brain cell back and forth while they fight the mummy.
0: It's great. And <laughs> the mummy is phenomenal. I, like I said, the whole journey of Imhotep through the whole movie was great. Seeing him like slowly piece back together. Which was really fun, as opposed to the sequel that said, fuck that, he's just a dude now. Yeah,
1: they were like, this is going to be a lot of effort, we're going to speed this up. Yeah, that was the thing I forgot, because you, when you texted me, you were like, is it okay for a kid to watch this movie? And I was like, trying to think, I'm like, a guy does get his eyes and his tongue taken out, and I guess
0: that's kind of a lot. <laughs> it starts off with some real horny Egyptian magic.
1: Which I totally forgot. <laughs> The beginning is so horny it's and so violent, and, and violent, it's both violent and horny. I had totally forgotten, I was like, mm, Yeah, that's
0: right. And uh, then we meet Brendan Fraser, who I did not expect the first words out of Rick O'Connell's mouth to be in French, but they were. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because he was a, uh, I think, a leader of like the French Legionnaires or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, like the French Foreign Legion or whatever. He's fighting out in the desert with his buddy Benny. We got to talk about Benny.
0: I hate how much I simped for <laughs> Benny in this movie, and it might just be the eyeliner. It genuinely might just be the eyeliner, but I he dig- looks with without it. Like if you look up a picture of this guy. You are going to be
1: so disappointed at how normal he looks when he's not being Benny.
0: Okay. Honestly, I could see him looking very normal. Benny is a trash person. Like, he's a little rat man. That's it. Yeah. He's got like little rat vibes. And of course, the end of the film, he gets his ultimate like comeuppance. When he gets stuck in a chamber of gold, which is what he wanted all along. But, uh uh-oh, bugs. Can we get into the bugs? (laughs) It's not even bugs. See, what always freaked
1: me out about that wasn't even so much the bugs. It was just when you see all, like, he keeps looking for a way to escape. And slowly, all the doors just close just a little too late for him to get to one by one. And he's just trapped there forever. And I was just like, oh, I hate that. And, and then the bugs. Hey, what, hey. You're, you're making quite a face. Yeah,
0: it's because I'm looking at what Benny looks
1: like. Normally. Yeah, yeah, see? Told you. I didn't even know he was a white guy. Yeah, that's the only thing I forgot to bri- bring up when we were talking about problematic race casting.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he is very much a white man. He's a
0: very white, <laughs> like a beyond. L- I knew I, what was. I told
1: you that he's he's like a he's a weird,
0: like just nor- like boring, normal white bread man. I <laughs> knew I was in danger when I was on Benny. And then it says played by Kevin. Don't need to read any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm about to be upset. <laughs> oh wait a minute! It's saying that he was Hungarian. Okay, is it still problematic? I I, I don't know because the whole film I definitely <laughs> thought he was Egyptian or that he was so, he was
1: some kind of not not white.
0: This is you know what
1: we're just gonna sound worse and worse the deeper we go. <laughs> Some kind of not white. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. As soon as it, le- as soon as I said it, I
0: was upset with myself. We assume that it would have been bad for a man named Kevin to play him. Essentially, is what we're saying. Yes. Uh, so he is the antagonist. One of the antagonists. He's essentially the. Um. Oh God, what was his name from Thor Ragnarok? Scourge was that it. Yeah. One who's played by Homeboy from the boys, and then at the yes. very. End, the only difference is <laughs> Benny doesn't have two big ass machine guns at his side.
1: Lucky for us. Oh, yeah, shit. That's what we could have done for the opening.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, Scotty! Looks like you're on the wrong side of the river! river.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is the only meme I knew from this film, and I did not realize it happened that (laughs) early at all. I thought that was like a post-defeating the mummy thing. But no, it's pretty much almost immediately that they're on the wrong side of the river. Um, Now, I will say there was one depiction that I thought was very problematic in the first one, and it was also hilarious and it was how they depicted americans because holy
1: (laughs) shit it was so good it's great they're rooting they're tooting they're shooting they suck (laughs) they
0: suck so (laughs) bring me a drink of bourbon and a a shot shot of of bourbon bourbon.
1: (laughs) and a bourbon chaser (laughs) i'll bring you your
0: damn bourbon
1: (laughs) They're racists. They're misogynists. They have the attention span of a ferret. It's great.
0: <laughs> Wasn't there a scene where they're just shooting the shit out of something with guns? And this is before you realize they're Americans. And then, like, Benny or someone turns and just goes, Americans. I cheered. I cheered audibly. <laughs> there is also, uh, I guess it, it's from watching this in 2022, there's a lot of fucking guns in this movie, my dude.
1: Yes. So it's, it's, a, it's a crazy 1920s, uh, what is it that they would call it? A rollicking adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, gotta have a bunch of fucking guns.
0: <laughs> I, was, uh, I was reading the Wikipedia page for The Mummy earlier, and my favorite part is the critical response and reviews, because they all can basically be summed up by, this film shouldn't work. It shouldn't Uh, Writing to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the film's release Writer Maria Lewis noted that on paper This movie should not have been a success
1: (laughs) It's because everybody has such great chemistry It's like they all play off each other so well It's so much fun And it's just so goddamn horny
0: It's very horny That's, That's
1: what I meant when I said the Jungle Cruise is the most sexless film Yeah uh, and this this movie is just chock a block. With, even with in
0: horniness. moments when you, it shouldn't be horny, I'm still like, yeah, I'm down with
1: it though. And we, we still haven't mentioned my favorite guy, who does not get a name in the first movie. Oh, that boy, yeah, <laughs> yes. But his his name is Artith Bay, and he's played by Oded Fair and who's Israeli, which I guess means we're getting closer, I suppose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On the dartboard that is the <laughs> mummy representation, we're inching closer to Bullseye.
1: And he's just, oh God, his hair, his hair
0: is so good. And his eyebrows. Yeah, he is, he is pretty fucking hot, isn't he? Justin, just I'm sorry, like, Evie took my heart from the first be, film and carried it. So that's fair. Anyone <laughs> else, I was like, you're cute, but you're not her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he's super hot and um he don't got too much he's he's a guardian to to make sure the mummy doesn't wake up and start killing people so he's uh, one of the medjai isn't he yes yes he is one of the medjai and so he's in opposition to them for most of the movie because they do be wanting to get to the mummy and he's like don't don't do that <laughs> And they're like, no, but we want to. And in the second movie, he's he's a lot more of a more main player in the action, and he gets a name, and he gets to ride a bus.
0: Well, it's because (laughs) he learns that Brendan Fraser's character, well, we knew this from the entire first movie, has a tattoo of the (laughs) Med You know that thing he has during the whole first movie. <laughs> you see Again, it in every. He scene.
1: wears he wears his little leather bracer the whole first movie. So when he pops it off in the second one, it's like, yeah, I guess a tattoo could have been under there the whole time. <laughs> sure, his wife is a reincarnated Egyptian princess. He's a warrior of God or something
0: because the tattoo says so. Yeah, it's weird because he got it from like a. In an, an orf- orphanage, an orphanage, right? Yeah, which, with their tattoo in the orphans. Just a casual man pimps <laughs> in. It's like, which one of these seems like a warrior for God? You little one, come here. Only Caucasian here, <laughs> come here.
1: And this, yeah, because that's a good thing. He says an orphanage in Cairo, so <laughs> so they were like looking around. It's like, all right, we got any white boys in this orphanage? <laughs> Bring me your whitest boy.
0: Boo! Where the white men uh, now, I do have one other character who I want to bring up simply because I have never in any film seen a character introduced so blatantly for one purpose and then immediately killed. But it's <laughs> Captain Winston Havlock.
1: Love that, Winston. Yeah, we see him, we, we are introduced to him drunkenly stumbling through a fountain and then apologizing to it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then isn't he, is it during that scene when he's just blatantly like, I just want to go on an adventure and die.
1: Yeah, cuz he's talking with the the like Jonathan and Rick like they've all come back from the initial mummy adventure where they think they're good but you know they're absolutely not good. I liked that. So- that. That
0: was a good series of scenes.
1: It was good. And so they're chilling at the like the hotel bar, basically. And Winston is there and they both like kind of know him because him and Jonathan run in like the same circles. Because the whole thing that kickstarted this whole adventure is Jonathan stole an important artifact from him before he got arrested.
0: (laughs) Off topic real quick. uh, Jonathan was definitely like not defiling, but technically defiling a corpse in his introduction, wasn't he? Because he's in like a coffin with a corpse
1: i mean he's in a he's in a sarcophagus with the mummy in the museum and he's hiding there to scare the shit out of his sister as as brothers are wont to do as siblings are just want to do to each other in general so yeah he was kind of cozied up to a mummy like you do wonder how long he was laying there <laughs> waiting for her to walk
0: into the room <laughs>
1: Been... But so anyway, yeah, they're oh, chilling wait. at the bar. Oh, oh okay, uh, wait, go ahead. I don't want to <laughs>
0: keep interrupting you, but that means he was sitting there with that mummy while Evie was knocking over all of the shelves in the library. Meaning that he's sitting there. Heard that? Heard? The fuck is going on out there? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boom! Oh, boom!
1: I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep hanging out in here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um so have luck the death so they are yeah
1: they're they're hanging out at the hotel bar he's drunk as hell he is every stereotype of like a million like like stiff upper lift what what look at me mustache um and he does just get very drunk and be like all the good boys got to die in world war one or whatever i'm still here i why can't i be dead and then like rick looks at him and says hey we can fix that which isn't literally what happens but it's basically what happens
0: yeah, that that went up and I was like, oh, okay, so they'll go on like an adventure or something and then he will be a big part of it and then sacrifice himself in some epic moment. No, and he <laughs> flies a plane, gets eaten by a sand face and then dies in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> and it's not even an emotional death. Rick just walks over to him and is like, fucking did it let's go
1: yeah, it's like you got what you wanted pal I think he gives like a little half-assed salute to him as the plane is reclaimed by like the <laughs> desert and quicksand also the best part about that while they're flying in Winston's plane this is an old timey like 1920s little like fucking plane um, so it's a two-seater so Jonathan and Ardeth
0: are strapped to the wings yeah of the three men, you've got bulky hunk Brendan Fraser, you got hunky Ardeth Bay, and who did they put on the wing? Jonathan. I was like, I don't want to see him fall off. I want to see what happens. All right. We've been talking about the mummy a long time. Should we get into some fan fiction?
1: Um yeah I guess we should unless you want to do What what I had suggested before where we make the tier list Of who's the hottest in the mummy
0: Oh do a, a Scott Pilgrim-esque tier list Of hot uh S tier All of them <laughs> Yeah wait shit
1: I was like damn it
0: Even <laughs> All right, Winston yeah, that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> Winston giving off that That fucky energy
0: <laughs> All the good ones got to Die in the war and then Fuck <laughs>
1: I mean, there's a reason that the internet collectively refers to this movie as a generation's
0: bisexual awakening. Yeah, it's this and like Scott Pilgrim are the two big ones for me. And then, oh shit, there's another one that I thought you about. Know, I, recently. I was 10, so this was mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, the Doom, just Doom Patrol in general, even oh, though that's God, a yeah. show. But that yeah. is still
1: very. Uh, Doom Patrol's a horny, horny show. Uh, all right, anyways. Timothy uh, Dalton's like a like a gilf
0: i guess. He's a gilf. Uh He's got gilf energy. I am in love with Diane Guerrero. I just want that to be known to the world. Um I love the character of Chris. This is not a Doom Patrol episode. What am i doing? No. Uh quick, no, we're, quick, we're getting we're getting, getting, getting horny brain. Quick couple of questions. The mum- the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor. How's that? Oh
1: boy, it's bad. I can even tell you exactly where i watched it. Um <laughs>
0: You said that like, I remember where I was when 9-11 happened. <laughs> Same
1: energy. No, um, we were on vacation in like Arizona and I was like 15 and it was hot and miserable. And so we didn't want to do anything. And me and my brother just stayed in the hotel room while my parents went and did something else. I don't know. And we were like going through the pay-per-view movies and we're like, oh, hey, mommy movie. And we watched it and we're like, oh, that sucked. That sucked the most. It just has Brendan Fraser. No one else. Yeah, comes I saw that. Back, just Brendan Fraser. And Jet Li is there, kind of. He is the Dragon Emperor.
0: Sorry, it's- I just read something that makes me very excited once we get to my fan fiction. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's it sucks. It's awful. Um, I have also seen The
1: Scorpion King which is also bad, but in a really fun, like, this movie knows it's trash kind of way.
0: Oh, I love those. Those are very, very good. <laughs> All right, do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? I feel like you probably put in more effort, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't catch your chickens before they hatch. Basically, I mean, I can go first. <laughs> um, No, no, I can, I can. Um, Megan, I told you that I was going to fix what universal broke are you familiar with the concept of the dark universe (laughs)
1: unfortunately yes because i did see the tom cruise mummy which is also i think a film that is bad in a really entertaining way but not because it knows it's trash but because it's so sure it's not trash when it is
0: yeah because it is setting up A dark universe, a Marvel (laughs) cinematic universe, if you will, but it crashed and burned so fast. Well, well, Well? I I just went to the mummies page and it says development of the dark universe has resumed. Oh, are they are they
1: going to make that fucking Jekyll and Hyde Russell Crowe?
0: (laughs) No, uh, that is one of the characters who is in this film is just Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, But no, there's a film coming out apparently called Renfield. Oh, no. In the dark universe, which is a dark fantasy horror comedy. Based about That's a lot of words based around Renfield, who is the henchman to Count Jack Dracula, who decides to leave his line of work after falling in love, starring Nicholas Holt, who I'm not I'm not familiar with. As if you saw if you saw him, you'd know him. I don't know him. <laughs> I'm looking at his really? face right
1: now. OK, uh, he's uh, he's in the X-Men, like the newer X-Men movies is a uh, baby beast. Ah, OK, 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 I see it. He was a zombie in
0: something. Well, that's not what matters. Because what matters is these other three castings I'm about to give to you Aquafina as Renfield's love interest. Ben okay, Schwartz. Ben Schwartz as a
1: mobster. Not as Dracula. Fuck, what are we even doing here?
0: Well, that's because the role of Count Dracula has been taken. By Nicholas fucking Cage. You know baby. what's wild?
1: I knew, I knew it. Like I just felt it <laughs> as soon as you are "I'm like, I'm like, I bet it's Nick." Like, I, it was like a sixth sense at the back of my mind tingling, going, "Nick Cage."
0: You've seen uh, *Vampire's Kiss*, right? Oh, of course, That's I've seen *Vampire's Kiss*. Good. I'm
1: a vampire. I'm a vampire. That's a good. If you want to see a, a vampire movie that has nothing to do with vampires and everything to do with Nicholas Cage.
0: There is a lot of problematic shit, but also just got to yes. deal with it.
1: There, There is a lot of very, very problematic shit, but it is also, like, if Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, instead of, like, doing murders... And having a nervous breakdown, um, had a nervous breakdown and just decided that he was a vampire. (laughs)
0: Put in a pair of those white teeth you get at the arcade for 10 tickets into his mouth (laughs) and then start trying to bite people with them. This is a great film. Uh, It is. Um, Shit, we are going so far off track. This has been a uh, this has been a rough week for those of you at home who are listening to this in like a month. Uh, so the ADHD is real, but for now, let's get into my dark universe. I've written concepts.
1: <laughs> that is something I never want to hear you say ever again.
0: Please <laughs> enter my dark universe, man. I would rather not. Uh, I've written four concepts for films. And I was going to write my Avengers <laughs> team-up movie, and then I got <laughs> bored. <laughs> Said I'm good. Uh, so, first one is going to be Dracula. We're gonna s- You got to start with the Dracula movie, one of the big boys. So, we begin with, like, a modern Dracula, and it's appropriate we just talked about... Fuck, I just realized I wrote Vampire's Kiss again, because it's... It's combining Dracula with something akin to American Psycho. <laughs> so Dracula is essentially a Wall Street banker who is living in America. He is very successful, but he is struggling as like what it means to be a human and what it means to be a vampire. And that's kind of the running through line with all of these movies is the concept of I have been taken. I am less than human now, but I am also immortal. What does this mean for me? What does it mean to be a human? Uh Drac is haunted by the years of torment and sin, and he just wants to be a good guy. Uh he, only he doing working on, like, fucking Wall Street, then? I just, I, want, I just want to suck the life out of the financial system. <laughs> uh he kind of dexters it he only tries to suck the blood of bad men removing them from our world but he cannot save everyone at the end of the day no matter Isn't what he that does what
1: the new version was it dracula untold or Maybe. something where he was played by the the really hot twink who was in like the <laughs> hobbit movies I have
0: not seen it but more than likely he was
1: he was Gaston in the new uh oh, beauty and the beast that that homeboy yeah yeah uh, that dude that dude hot as hell he's also gay which you know was exciting because it's like he was you know For a while, he was getting good action roles and stuff. He's a a gay Dracula, finally. He's like, finally, the representation we need. (laughs) Gay Dracula. That movie was very bad. Dracula Untold sucks, but I, I recall that being the thesis. I'm
0: sorry, you will find that my interests lie... (laughs)
1: if you didn't listen to the jungle cruise episode this means nothing uh
0: at the end of the day no matter what dracula does he can never be fully human no matter how much of their blood he drinks and the big bad of this film nosferatu motherfucker he is the leader of the american vampires legion
1: okay now we're getting a little what we do in the
0: shadows as i wrote it i was like i don't know because i didn't want him to beat like god of vampires but i wanted him to get close uh he finally at the end of the film dracula bests him and he takes over control of the amer of the the long island vampire association Uh, But right as he is set to take the throne, he is haunted by one last nightmare shrieking through his mind, a nightmare that sees humanity destroyed, their blood paving the sidewalks and thus vampires dying. Without that food source, Dracula makes a promise to seek out more men to help stop this apocalypse. Mo- <laughs> Hold on. More and men, not more men to stop the apocalypse. Only Mormons can help me now. The uh, post-credit scene. <laughs> With their magical underwear. This is, is a terrible Dracula voice. And that's going to be the one we use for this film. Uh, the post credit scene, Dracula enters a dilapidated bar and we see a man stitching up a wound on his arm. Come to find out that he is not stitching up his arm. Instead, he is stitching a cold, pale arm belonging to a cadaver to his body. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Which leads us to the next film.
1: Wait, wait. is in this version Frankenstein's both the doctor and the monster? You
0: know it. Oh, <laughs> what the take is. that, nerds. <laughs> uh, so the next film is actually not just Frankenstein. It is Frankenstein meets the wolf man. <laughs> Victor Frankenstein is a disgraced scientist living in the woods of Canada. He has been an outcast for nearly his entire life which has seen empires rise and fall. You see, he is coming up on nearly 300 years of life, which he's managed to sustain by grave robbing and replacing the broken-down parts of his body with parts from cadavers. What brings him to the cold, desolate woods of Canada? (laughs) Well, a mission from Dracula, who is seeking out others like themselves. Men that had lost their sense of humanity, lost themselves but gained immortality. Men that need something to fight for or else they will lose themselves. And that led them to Dr. Larry Talbot, a Quebec scientist who was attempting to combine wolf DNA with humans to allow them to withstand much greater cold and altitude changes. Unfortunately, this led to a disaster that saw Talbot transform into a horrible wolf creature that now haunts the forests of Canada. Of course the wolfman is Canadian. Of course he is. And this film is, uh, it's just like Victor and the wolfman. This is like, I want each film to be different. So this one is like The Gray, or that uh, the, the uh DiCaprio movie where he got beat up by a bear. Oh god, The Revenant fucking sucks. But I mean, that's what it it, it has—that survivalist man versus nature vibe through the whole thing. Uh, Corpse we man s- versus nature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the first film, man versus himself. Second film, man <laughs> versus nature. You see how I'm thinking. Uh, we see Victor struggling through the woods, tracking down the wolf man, and fighting against wildlife, attempting to reach Larry, whose story is being told through journal entries throughout the film. At the film's climax, Victor comes face to face with a pack of wild, ravenous wolves who absolutely maul him limb from limb, quite literally, in a gritty display of violence. Uh, eventually, he has animals pulling his arms away. We see stitches give way as he loses in everything when suddenly... A howl erupts through the air And the wolves turn and run in fear Victor passes out due to blood loss I guess he has that I don't know
1: I don't think the Frankenstein's monster Had blood blood, But
0: sure He passes out due to being eaten by wolves
1: (laughs) Valid. (laughs) And
0: then when his eyes open, he awakens in the Wolfman's home, which seems to be fairly cozy, all things considered. He looks over to discover not the Wolfman, but Larry Talbot sewing up his arms. The duo share a drink before Victor offers Larry an opportunity to join the Avengers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you see the Wolfman remake? Uh, God, it must have come out like almost a
0: decade ago or something by now. The one with like Benicio in it?
1: Yeah, Benicio del Toro and I think like Anthony Hopkins or something. he's have, sort of, have you seen
0: it? I haven't. I need to.
1: It sucks. It's <laughs> awful. Also, he's sort of less like a wolf and more like a big pissed off orangutan creature. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Larry refuses to join them, claiming that this battle they're getting ready for won't help them gain any humanity, just lose what little they have left. He is essentially my Bruce Banner of this film. Uh, of this film series when Victor explains the stakes and basically says hey everyone's going to fucking die the wolfman reluctantly joins in but is still hesitant to transform i guess Oh
1: yeah, the the guy who transforms into a big animal is your is your hulk uh, counterpart I can't imagine why he did that
0: Well, you see uh <laughs> extraordinary gentleman already took Jekyll and Hyde from me so I had to do it with a big dog uh and it, this is also leads to people wanting to see the Avengers movie because we still have not seen the Wolfman fully. Even in the flashbacks, he's always cloaked. So people are excited to see what the Wolfman looks like. post credit scene. Dracula gets off the phone with Frankenstein. Oh, that really? sure is a sentence. <laughs> uh, and Frankenstein explains the situation so far. Dracula congratulates him on the mission, Will, though. When he hangs up the phone, the camera pans out to see Dracula... Under an umbrella, watching as a group of men unearth something massive. A coffin. We then pan out even further to see where we are. (laughs) Egypt. Now we're on to the mummy. And, um... It's weird because, like, with all of these, and the big problem with the dark universe in general, is they're all bad guys, technically. Like, none of the... Like, the that they tried to fix it with the uh the new mummy movie spoiler alert by basically making tom cruise the mummy if i remember correctly yeah like he takes in this cuz there's the sexy mummy but
1: she's evil but then like tom cruise like takes in her sexy mummy powers as like some kind
0: of like self sacrifice Thing. It's fucking stupid. Just make it's so fucking stupid. Just uh, <laughs> just make the mummy a good guy, so we're not gonna. and It's not hard because it's not like Emma Tepp's story couldn't have got him some sympathy. Like I, the whole movie, I was sitting here going, "No, he's not. Like he just was in love, and that's it. Like he will, he wanted his lady, and that's it. He so, was in love with the wrong girl and willing to stab her dad over it. Exactly. So we're not gonna fix
1: what ain't broke. We or wait. Start- no, that wasn't her dad. I guess that was like. Her also
0: lover. He was just old enough to be her dad. Oh yeah, uh, we start this film the exact same way as the original Mummy. We see the backstory of the main Mummy boy himself, Imhotep, who desperately vied for the love of the Pharaoh's daughter. When the duo are caught together, Imhotep is sentenced to torture and death. The Pharaoh's daughter protests, but Imhotep smiles and tells her that they will find each other in the afterlife. We watch as Imhotep is buried and mummified. His body tortured to the very last minute before the screen flashes white and we see Imhotep emerge into the afterlife, where he sits patiently for the day that his love will come to reunite. And it never happens. Oh, this is what you meant
1: when you talked about the end of The Mummy too. Uh
0: (laughs) We watch- it's literally the fucking scene from Futurama with Fry's dog, (laughs) but with Imhotep just sitting (laughs) there.
1: Just a big, bald man, just
0: waiting. (laughs) uh (laughs) millennia's pass and he remains unmoving waiting for her until one day he hears a voice a voice of an old friend named dracula (laughs) who (laughs) 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 all of these like are normal somewhat until you then throw in dracula (laughs) it just throws everything off Uh, Dracula then violently rips him back from the jaws of death itself, utilizing the Book of the Dead to resurrect him. The other men working with Drac freak out as Dracula holds out a hand to welcome back his old friend, but unfortunately, Imhotep is not as excited as he was waiting on the love of his life. The duo get into an argument back on the mainland because he's just like, I was fucking waiting for somebody, dude. When suddenly the earth begins to quake and they stare out as the pyramid Imhotep had just emerged from begins to slowly sink into the earth and the sand shifts underneath it. Dark shadows eh, begin to shoot from the earth itself and rush towards the city. Our heroes go after the shadows only to discover that resurrecting Imhotep has infuriated Anubis who wishes to bring his soul back, bringing the plagues upon Egypt until the ledger between death and life is put right again. It's straight up that shit from the adventure Sound Spoilers. (laughs) Uh, the movie then becomes a classic adventure romp With the Dracula and the mummy You know them classic adventures Just that classic adventure duo that, Yeah that classic adventure Where Dracula and the mummy team up And fight Anubis uh, along I mean all we're missing is Abbott and Costello Honestly Exactly Um. Well the fifth movie That's when they come up <laughs> They're like the Captain Marvel of the affair They come in and solve the whole thing At the last minute Uh, along the way we learn more about Imhotep's backstory, Dracula's part in it, we learn that Imhotep maybe wasn't a badass, and eventually, within a big reveal, we learn that the Pharaoh's daughter actually quickly moved on and married someone else. Imhotep, despondent, decides to sacrifice himself to Anubis, but before he can, Dracula shows up and draws Anubis's ire, claiming that if Imhotep was an issue... Dracula should have his own department with how much he toes the line between life and death. This leads to Drac fighting off Anubis while Imhotep learns to have some fucking self-respect for once. And I don't know, does some shit to fight off Anubis for good. Who knows? He uses his mummy powers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, post credit scene number one. We see Anubis tail between his legs, walking on embers and brimstone. He reports to an unseen figure that Dracula's army is only getting stronger by the day. The unseen figure smiles before remarking, It's almost time. It's not Thanos. I promise. It's not Thanos. I, I would hope not. post credit scene number two. This is our first one with two credit scene. We see Dracula laying in bed in his fancy New York apartment, tossing and turning once again. He is having another nightmare of the future. This is a uh, big Thor energy. We see Dracula standing in the middle of an NYC street. His apartment building is in flames. <laughs> How will I get my deposit back? <laughs> Shit! Oh no, my, my
1: my Brooklyn apartment. Well, you see, I am I am just a regular New York man. <laughs> I lived in my apartment while I worked on Wall Street. <laughs> Occasionally, I would grab a
0: good old fashioned
1: New York slice. slice. <laughs>
0: We've got to make that shirt. Uh, Dr- anyways, Dracula's real sad because he looks over. He sees Frankenstein's body unmoving with a chef's knife through his back. Wolfman's leg is twitching as he's coughing up blood, and Emotep is hung by his bandages. Hanging back and forth from a lamppost. Dracula's body lurches forward towards the building, attempting to get inside when he trips and falls, his hand lying on a pile of rubble. He stares forward, when suddenly from within the rubble, a large clawed glove shoots from within, stabs into his hands, and jolts him awake at the last minute. End of the movie.
1: What the fuck is that, Scotty?
0: Oh, now you're intrigued for the next one, except the next one has nothing to do with that. Uh, It is Creature from the Black Lagoon, much like how Captain Marvel was a throwback to what was happening before the big story, just to get one last little thing in. This is also a throwback to the vintage horror movies of the day, but with a twist, it is in black and white 4-3 scale. This is A24 Oscar bait shit, motherfucker. This is Guillermo del Toro's Creature from the Black Lagoon, isn't it? Exactly. (laughs) This is Zack Snyder's Creature from the Black Lagoon. (laughs) Uh, It's set in the 1950s. The first 30 minutes are essentially a silent film as we follow our titular Creature from the Black Lagoon, an experiment being run by a nearby science lab who is considered a failure and tossed out into a nearby lake. The shimmering blue lake, however, slowly turns an inky black as the days go on. This is like a reverse the shape of water. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Hold on. Residents begin to get (laughs) deathly ill because that is their only source of water. They are drinking from this poisoned well, and they want answers from the scientists regarding what they did. They refuse, attempt to withhold any answers about what happened that day, but the people want to know what's causing the water to run black as night. When one reporter gets too close to the truth, the scientists realize they need to nip this in the bud and take her to the lake where they attempt to drown her. They weigh her body down and we watch as it sinks into the inky blackness when suddenly the scientists hear footsteps behind them. They turn to see the creature from the Black Lagoon holding the body of the reporter, still alive, before placing her on the ground. She's not conscious, but she'll live. The creature nurses her back to the health while the scientists report on what they saw, and they basically attempt to turn the news coverage away from the poisonings and towards this big, scary creature. This eventually leads to a very Frankenstein-like battle where the city takes pitchforks and torches to the creature's hideout. The reporter promises she'll tell the creature's tale as he leaves to battle with the scientists. He tries to harm as few townsfolk as possible, but eventually it grows to be too much, and the creature gets beaten and sent careening back into the lake. Unfortunately for the scientists, however, the reporter manages to get the news out, and their entire place is ruined and shut down. For now. Meanwhile, the lake begins to clear up as the creature takes back in the darkness he had exuded and uses it to restore his body. He climbs out of the river by cover of night and places himself in self-imposed hiding until one day when he would need to return to save that lake and that city once again. post credit scene. We see the lake in the 50s. We see it in the 60s and we see the city slowly begin to change. We see trees begin to pop up in the 70s. And in the 80s, we see a small wooden shack that would eventually grow to become a camp. And as that shimmering blue lake reflects light off the sky, the camera pans out to reveal the lake's new purpose. A swimming hole for a camp named after the beautiful crystal lake sitting in its center. No! Oh, that's right, motherfucker. Then the Avengers one, which I've not written. (laughs) Oh, oh, this. No! Yes!
1: (laughs) You can't do that!
0: Oh, do, have you now realized who, what the uh, large clawed glove that stabbed into oh, Dracula's hand
1: was? Fucker! Yeah, it's Frederick. It's, it's our pal Fredward. It's
0: Frederick. Uh, and so, <laughs> so that's Fredward Kruger. Um, you, you're you're crossing the streams no that's i want i was like what would unite all of the four it's almost like the titans and gods in greek mythology we are telling the story of the titans and freddy krueger jason uh michael myers all exist in this universe as the gods that have taken the the home of the titans and now in the fifth uh, series fifth in the series, Dark Beginnings. The Titans and the gods do battle for supremacy.
1: Isn't Michael Myers just a dude? Isn't he just a jacked up dude? No, I think with a knife. No, because I think he's dead. Isn't he? <laughs> and he got some sort of special powers going on up
0: in there. Well, Adam. that's J-
1: Jace, Jason is is dead. J- Jason came from like hell or whatever. He came from, sure from within Myers. the lake.
0: The lake is where he came from. Well,
1: he he drowned in the lake first. That was the one. He was a kid.
0: That was that is going to be, but so fun is the fact that the creature was supposed to protect the lake, but he couldn't protect Jason, and so now he has to battle (laughs) with the sins of his past in the form of Jason. But like all
1: three of these guys, also are really mostly focused on killing horny teenagers
0: and that's what the fifth film in this franchise is all about (laughs) saving the people who want to fuck and keep humanity going um also, the th- and I've not written anything past this, uh, the Thanos of the affair was literally Christian Satan. <laughs> it was going to be literally like the first movie, they battle modern movie horror monsters. Second one, I don't fucking know. The thing from It Follows. And then the third one, <laughs> they fight Satan. <laughs> Just actual biblical Satan, Uh, like Scooby Doo. Exactly. Uh, Michael Myers (laughs) possesses superhuman strength, stealth, endurance and durability of an unknown limit. I'm not really sure what else happened to him. To give him these special abilities, but he's they, got- they never they never say like at least like Freddy Krueger is just sort of this
1: entity. And Jason is powered by like, I don't know, demons and his fucked up mom. Michael Myers is just a dude who like saw boob and flipped out so bad that he had to start knifing people.
0: <laughs> I have. This is now just reminding me I've never seen any Halloween. F- at least with Jason, I'm aware of like the lore. I know nothing about Halloween lore.
1: Oh, the first Halloween movie whips. Hell um, yeah. Uh,
0: young Jamie Lee Curtis kicks ass. But that's that's this is what I wrote. I wrote four whole films. <laughs> so what did you do? Uh
1: I did not do that. <laughs> I'm I'm here to pitch to you another one of my my oh so successful and fantastic TV reboots.
0: Oh no, no, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> So, here's the thing. I still have not watched any of Riverdale and I never will. <laughs> but have you seen the shit that's happening
0: on Riverdale? I know there's like murders and then Archie was accused of them, I believe. And then Jughead oh, was oh, like, Scotty,
1: you're not, no. No, it's gone so far. There was a war. There was a cult. Betty was like a serial killer. There was an alternate universe where they were aware that they were like a of like they broke the fourth wall and they also had like their alternate selves um i saw a gift set on tumblr the other day where one of them was like an eyeless witch offering up their
0: baby to someone and being like take care of her before disappearing from like a curse see that's that crazy shit that they would do on supernatural but the show's called fucking supernatural and had crazy shit this is Archie. I it's yeah. <laughs> Archie. It's real weird in Archie right now. Is what I'm
1: saying. So, so what I'm really saying is, any anything goes. Nothing matters. There are no rules. Okay. Welcome to my my sexual CW Mummy reboot. <laughs> okay. So, it's and you're gonna you're you're gonna say something. You're gonna maybe realize the same thing I realized halfway through this, but it's fine. Okay. Um, it's high school. It's a modern high school. Um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's populated by a bunch of very pretty white teens. I thought you
0: were going to say mummies. <laughs> <laughs> I Don't shit. you were going like, mummies.
1: Damn, I should have said mummies. No, no, just your average, like, you know, 20-somethings playing high schoolers kind of deal. Um. And then one of them, uh, Evelyn, begins to have dreams. Because, you know, here's the thing. She uh, she starts dreaming about, like, you know, being a, a lost Egyptian princess. <laughs> and yep. it's crazy. But she knows all these things that she wouldn't even be able to know. And, you know, the that hunky football player in her class... With like the with the jersey and everything, the, the letterman jacket, whatever the fuck that's called, he was a magi in his previous life.
0: Wait, hold on. Can now I, his name is like Steve. I don't know. Can it's I not make even gonna be Rick? Can I make one small edit to this? And it's that Steve <laughs> is coming from a different school. She saw him in the dream, and then he shows up the next day, and she's like, oh, it's you."
1: So I had that. I, I'm torn Because I do like that a lot But I also had the idea That they've actually been friends Since childhood Oh god Because Destiny I hate it No The, the guy who's new in school Is the hunky dude Who's probably going to be played By Hispanic actor Who's Who's the <laughs> <laughs> It is
0: His name's Emotep he's <laughs> a real cool guy His
1: name Is Emotep Diaz <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because you said his name was Ian Tep. That'd be really fucking funny. Emo no, his Tep name's Tep like I don't all. know. His, name, his name's Ian Ian Tep Teperson. I don't fucking know. He's the he's the mummy. He's he's the mummy reincarnated. They're all the things reincarnated, and then they they have to start like doing battle. And he starts. He one well, there's one point. Where uh, he do make all the bodies come out of the cemetery, and you would think they would just be normal corpses, but because this show is stupid and makes no sense, they're mummies. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there's also going to be a love triangle between the three of them, because that's hot. Um, Okay. And so... We kind of had a similar idea here, because I figure, you know, as the seasons go on, like, how long can you sustain this? You got to start adding hot, sexy teenage reincarnations of other classic
0: monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, end of season one, Anaxuman come retard like, the reincarnated version shows up. Oh, yeah, she's there, too. Throws a whole wrench into the whole situation.
1: Yeah, no, now it's a love quadrangle. But then you got like a Teen Wolf shit happening. Maybe that's crossover. I don't think that show exists anymore, but whatever. Um, and you got like a Teen Frankenstein. And then I stopped and I was like, wait, is this The Descendants? Did I make Disney's The Descendants?
0: You did make The Descendants.
1: <laughs> that sh- so at some <sighs> point, there would be a musical
0: episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. The Descendants is such a non-entity to me. Like I'm aware it exists, but
1: God, that I means same. That's I'm aware that it's a thing, which is why I have. A, there's some like, no, wait, it's shit. Is um, that what this is?
0: Monster High? Is that it? The oh, with with the dolls? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I think maybe this might be more of a Monster High situation. Okay.
0: <laughs> I hate it.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, look. I'm going to pitch it to you in three words Euphoria with mummies. I have not watched a single episode of Euphoria,
0: but it looks like a very horny, prestigious teen show. Every time I see a clip of Euphoria or, like, something from Euphoria, it immediately changes my entire perception of what I thought Euphoria was about.
1: Yeah, I'm very confused by it. But Zendaya is there, I don't know. And they do, like, drugs, I'm not sure. Yeah, But what what if that but mummies?
0: See, you just had the exact same process I've had with Euphoria, which is... Euphoria, okay, it's probably just, like, some pretentious, like, drug-running show or something. Oh, day? is it? Okay, that's pretty cool. Oh, wait, they're in high school? Okay, wait, hold on, wait, what? <laughs> exactly. Well, you've destroyed it. Actually, I think, arguably, we've <laughs> both destroyed the legacy of the mummy, but not as bad as Tomb of the Dragon Emperor.
1: <laughs> no, we, we took a good thing and we ruined it, but not as bad as the mummy team with the dragon emperor i can assure you (laughs) but now we must it's probably still better than jungle cruise
0: i'm not gonna lie i think i might like jungle cruise more than mummy returns they fight a bunch of mummies on a double-decker bus and then (laughs) which which jonathan is driving Actually, you know what? No, because my entire argument was going to be no, I dislike like I feel like the mummy returns did something to me personally because I loved the first one so much that I felt attacked. Then I remembered, wait a minute, that's my favorite Disney ride you guys (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) But now we must move on to next week. And we had not discussed this before the show, but I hope you're cool with what I'm about to say we are gonna be don't b- ask me to enter into your dark universe i swear <laughs> to christ uh no uh, well when this episode comes out this series will be long in the can but it just recently ended and uh my good buddy blake tanner from jwf and fight boys and all that wanted to come on and talk about a little show called peacemaker oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> i would love to talk about
1: a little show called peacemaker
0: that's right. Next week, do you want to taste it? Too bad you're gonna bitch.
1: <laughs> you don't actually have a choice. I mean, I guess you could not listen. You
0: could not, not listen you, to you that can one. You could
1: avoid tasting it by not
0: listening. <laughs> but then, otherwise, you are going to taste it. But until then, where can people find you on the Ember Tap? Wait. wait, wait, where can people find you on the Emotap? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck
1: you. I hate you. This podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever going to taste it now. (laughs) You can find me increasingly less on Twitter because it's bad for my mental health. (laughs) Meg underscore danger. God, you know, I'm still on Tumblr like all the fucking time. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the that's the same uh, use, use. I'm I make am I make danger or make it? I don't fucking know. I'm on Tumblr. If you want to harass us, just go into the fucking discord that yeah. we have for all of our f- dumb podcasts. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can find I assume we have a link to that, like on the weird Twitter page. Join the weird on Twitter.
1: We should probably put it somewhere that's easier to find. Like a pin
0: at the top of the page. People can click. Ah, it's fine. Fuck it. All right. You can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo. Moe, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. It's a lot about pro wrestling. Guys, don't if you don't know anything about wrestling, don't show up. It's not going to be a good time for you there. And you can find me on JWF Monday Night Ignition, Fight Boys, two other pro wrestling podcasts. And you can find Megan and I on The Weird the Actual Play TTRPG podcast where we play Secret Agents or some shit, and Hunt <laughs> Down Mummies. We should
1: hunt down a mummy.
0: Hey, Charles, <laughs> let us fight a mummy or fuck Could, it? Question mark. Winky and, face. <laughs> you can find that at join the weird.com.
1: Thank you to Best Day for making music that says, "Oh shit, you're about to hear some podcast." And and then also, "Oh shit, you've just heard some podcast." <laughs> You can listen to more of his music at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or by searching best day on where I don't know wherever you listen to your fucking music. I'm
0: not a cop. If you want a good old fashioned New York slice (laughs) shirt, let us know on Twitter. I just now I was sitting here going, oh, wait a minute. I've not heard from anybody if they want the. Hashtag What was it Thins, #inspiration Hashtag Thinspiration shirt Yet And then I realized That episode Has not come out in our timeline Yet So
1: uh Yeah We're gonna be operating On a significant Delay there Yeah uh,
0: But if you want Merch like that You can get it Merch.alodeofpurebs.com And you could support This silly little show At patreon.com Slash A load of BS And that's it That's all I gotta Fucking say Today have a good
1: week don't have have a good gag for this why are we doing dracula voices in an episode about the fucking mummy
0: well i'm kind of like a mummy without the wrappings or the death i hate this (laughs) i'm
1: kind of like a mummy except i am in no way a mummy
0: did you know that adam sandler doesn't play dracula in the last hotel transylvania film getting someone it's like getting Tom Cruise to play the lead role in the mummy. I'm like, no baby.
1: I I I hate part of this is because the whole time you were talking about it, uh your movies, I was picturing the Adam Sandler Hotel (laughs) (laughs) Transylvania.